All right, it's my pleasure and honor here to have on the Full Court Press one of my good friends, and he doesn't need any introduction, but for the sake of his ego and the sake of mine, we're going to introduce him anyways. He is the holder of several, at one point, 13 state football records. 13. In fact, if you're doing your math, that's every state football record as a quarterback. He also is still in the top 10 categories in several major pitching records in high school, including ERA in a season in 2002, career ERA from 2001 to 2003, and still in the top 10 in strikeouts in a career, strikeouts in a season, and uh, as well as uh, hits allowed in 2003. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor, it is my privilege and pleasure to introduce you one of Cash Valley's great and one of the best players in the last 20 years to ever escape Cash Valley. It's Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. How was that introduction? I I didn't even know half of those things. So You did. You just <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yeah, that might be it too. Pull that mic up to your mouth for me. Thank you. I know you're I know you're shy of the mic. You don't like to talk. Uh Ryan, uh let's let's start here. Where are you at? What are you doing these days? So, I'm a professor uh, at Weber State University. In what? Uh, I teach in our health, physical education, recreation department. Are you liking it? Oh, I'm living the dream. It's, it's amazing for me, my family. The flexibility is great. You know, I get to hang out with the kiddo a lot, golf, fly fish as much as I possibly can, <laughs> and, you know, get to teach and do a little bit of research. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, what – did you ever see yourself like – I know – and we're going to get to the high school aspect of, of a lot of things in long ways, but some of these things that are in your now life now kind of actually uh, relate from high school. One of those things, did you ever see yourself as a professor years ago? <laughs> no. So no. what got there? Um, a man named Dr. John Crass up at uh, Utah State was okay. a big influence. I mean, he coached college basketball for many, many years um, before he pursued his Ph.D., and um, he was one of my professors, obviously, and took him to lunch one day. And this was when I was coaching um, up at Utah State, coaching football. And just like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. I love it. I love the kids. But, um, you know, w- why did you get out of coaching? And, you know, one of the things, what it came down to was he, he, was, he was like, I have one regret in life. And that's that I got my Ph.D. when I was 40. I wish I would have done it when I was 30. <laughs> so, and two years prior to that, I always joked, I always when somebody asks you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be Dr. Crass. And sure enough, <laughs> I teach a lot of the same classes that he teaches. He just is up here at Utah State. And, you know, I, I went in that direction because of his mentorship, his guidance. He he, he pushed me to go that way. And um, same with um, uh, Dale Mildenberger. He was the yeah. athletic trainer, trainer at Utah State. Utah State. He was another person that, um, you know, I sat down with. And he could tell I was a little burned out and a little frustrated with coaching um didn't help that we were losing a lot at the time as soon as i left they, <laughs> everything turned around <laughs> it takes off you know bowl games and, and gary just <laughs> took that place to a new level so maybe maybe the the key was to get get, get me out of there <laughs> but yeah that's i never would have thought that i'd end up where i am but you know again a few people can point you in the right direction and push you and that's exactly what happened you were in boston for a little bit aka Titletown, weren't you uh we well we lived in connecticut okay but we were we were close to, we were probably less than two hours from Boston. I just was in Boston a lot. Just, How did you like it? Oh, loved it. I mean, that's why a lot of people thought we lived in Boston, because if you ever looked at our social media, yeah. we were always in Boston, doing, <laughs> you know, whether it's going to baseball games or just going to eat. I mean, it's, it's, and then we were, you know, we were close to New York City too, but we spent most of our time in Boston, which was, which was fun. Uh, you say we, you're married to your high school sweetheart, Lacey. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we, 
You could call her that. She, <laughs> I graduated. You know, well, I graduated, and then we started dating. I was gonna say but, I don't know this as as long as we've known each other for twenty years now. I don't know this story. How you two met and what that trip was like. Give us the uh, give us the story. Oh, it's. I'll do the short version. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I really liked her, <laughs> and she did not like me. Uh, she made what? It a, yeah, I, I asked her to a dance, and you know. I, <laughs> We went to the dance, and I liked her even more. Um, over the next week after that dance, she pretty much told me to leave her alone. Like literally, this is when when instant Time messaging. Out. This isn't true. <laughs> so this is when instant messaging just started on a- like AOL. Oh yeah, yeah okay. And um, I don't know what it's really called, but we were, you know, the whole computer love thing. Oh, yeah. Just typing back and forth, and she just straight up. It wasn't computer love. It was I was not her type. She literally wrote, "Please leave me alone. I'm not your type." So. Took me a good six or seven more months to to trick her into, you know. Going okay, out I'm with sorry. Me we're, we're digging into this, though. This isn't making sense to me. How did she ever give you a reason why? Besides the whole, you're not my type. I mean, I'm not a lot of girls' types either. But I mean, what? um, I was a cocky, arrogant prick. <laughs> the first two, yes. The last one had its moments, sure. No, that she, you know, I, I mean, you do. Back then, I probably came across a little bit different than what I than who I really was and you know I didn't go out of my way I wasn't the extreme extrovert that I am now where now I really try to go out of my way to talk to people and and you know whether it's my neighbors or just people at the grocery store and you know saying hi and being I I wasn't like that then you know and I I really focused on myself I wasn't I, I you know sports kind of took over my life I was really good in school really good in sports and that's what I focused on I didn't really focus on relationships as much as I do now so you know that was the same thing with a lot of her friends our friends hung out um and she just you know she just didn't like me I don't know what it was and it it took a while I I I won I won (laughs) that's the most important part (laughs) I know it's kind of blurry in these days how long have you been together how long have you been married oh geez um so we're coming up on nine years in June Marriage? Mm-hmm. I started never turning to your reception. Are you yeah. serious? Nine years? Yeah, nine years. It's been, and then, I mean, we've been dating since, let's see, 2003. So we've been dating and for a long time. Um, and the good thing is, though, she, she went up to Utah State. You know, she she was at Aggie up there. She danced um, while I was playing ball back east. You know, I was gone six, seven months out of the year. So she still got to experience her life the college lifestyle and I got to experience you know my life too so it's not like we missed out on anything you know we still got to live our lives and and have those experiences separately um enjoying our friends going to parties that that kind of stuff um so that's what was great about our situation is we we had a lot of longevity but we were doing the long distance relationship and it made us so much better See, that's incredible because usually those long-distance relationships tear you apart. I mean, I don't mean to be Dr. Phil here, but I just, from experience, they're, they're tough to deal with. That's, that's pretty amazing. And you have, a, you have a little one now, is that right? Yeah, Winston. Winston Voe is his, is his name. How'd you come up with uh, Winston Voe? What was the story there? Oh, one of Lacey's friends gave us a list of like 40 different names. Holy and Voe was always going to be his middle name just because we liked it, V-A-U-X. Um, there's oh, okay. nothing behind it. Okay. Not, like, there's, it's just we liked it. Yeah. Um, and he was gonna. His name was actually gonna be Walter. Um, when he when he came out, <laughs> he didn't look like a Walter. He he seriously he looked like an old man, like Benjamin Button almost. <laughs> and 
um, a few days went by, and Lacey's uh, sister was like, you know, yeah, he doesn't look like a Walter. He just looks like an old man. He kind of looks like a Winston. And we both just looked at each other and was like, yep, that's his name. It's Winston Vo. I'm pretty sure in 15 years he's going to be grateful that you changed it to Winston as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, how old is he? Um, he will be turning two in June, June 11th. And how is uh, the life of being a father? It's the best. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing like it. And we didn't want kids. That's what's a little interesting is we were both kind of on the same page. You know, forever we both wanted kids. And then we got to a point where we were like, no, I don't think so. You know, maybe we'll just have a dog farm <laughs> and just adopt cats and dogs and sheep. I don't know. Um, but things happen. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, what would we do without him? He's the coolest funnest craziest little thing i mean he and you should see him he's so athletic and not and i'm trying not to be biased here because well, sure. he's my kid but man he's it's he has no fear do you you and Lacey ever look back and just kind of laugh at how Lacey was like i'm not dating you i'm not dating you and then all of a sudden here you are married with a kid dog and a home the whole family life yeah it she probably regrets it all the time no, I, I mean, we, we're fortunate. I mean, she's, she um, got, I mean, I guess I got through to her. It took some time, but even through our, you know, dating for so many years, you know, we have our off and ons, you know, our good times, our bad times, um, which is the same thing right now. You know, marriage is tough, especially with a kid, but man, we, we sure, we figure it out and we figure it out better than most, which is great. You, uh, you live in Salt Lake, is that right? Yeah. So you're commuting to Ogden to for work? Yep. Yeah. So I Salt Lake's are a, a middle ground for both of us. Lacey works in American Fork um, for Ooh. a company, a tech company called Domo. Um, so we both, Salt Lake was kind of that middle. I mean, her driving around the, the peak of the mountain um, in Lehigh is horrible traffic. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I've been there, done that. So she's down there, and I'm up in Ogden. So Salt Lake's perfect, perfect middle ground for us. What uh, what do you look back on and and say? I know you talk about yourself being the cocky, arrogant prick, <laughs> but what has have you carried with you from your high school days to now, professor slash dad Ryan? Just success. I'm competitive in everything that I do. That's for um, sure. And that transfers over to everything in life. Um, I want to be the best at my job. I want to, I'm not saying that I want to be better than my colleagues, but I, I sure want to be somebody that they look to as um, someone to rely on when I speak. They listen. Uh, the information that I provide needs to be evidence-based. So I'm, I'm, I'm still competitive in a way to where I'm still reading a, a ton, especially, I mean, when it comes to research articles and scholarly research and, and going that route. But even with my students trying to, because I teach, you know, a lot of the classes I teach inv are involve sports and psychology, and and that was one of the things that I was best at was the, you know, being not cocky but really knowing that I am one of the best, and it's it's that self confidence that's hard to get to for a lot of people. And when you're when you're teaching future teachers, they're not confident in themselves, and it's probably one of those things that I try to transfer and, and help these kids and, and adults. I shouldn't say kids because many of my students are older than me. 
um, that are going into the teaching field that, you know, you have to find that confidence. And if you don't have confidence, those kids are going to ruin your life. <laughs> Being a professor, uh, this whole COVID-19 is probably taking a whole new name of teaching and probably, if not anything more, showing how important you as professors and teachers are, college and high school and elementary level, K-12 through and all that. Uh, what have you learned from this whole situation? That teaching face-to-face is so much better. <laughs> it, I mean, what are the difficulties of teaching online compared to face to face? I know there's probably numerous ones. It's the relationships. I mean, I do what I do because I like to build relationships. I coach. I loved coaching because I built so many great relationships with the kids, with this, with the student athletes. It's the same thing with my students now. Was, I really enjoy the relationships. So I, I hold a lot of Zoom meetings where there might be a lot of professors who are teaching online and they're not holding these meetings, but I want to see my students' faces. I want to see their reactions. I want to um, have that not, you know, nonverbal communication that, and just be able to enjoy that aspect where when you teach online, you know, you're giving students assignments, you know, you're not really teaching. You're just providing them with content for them to read on their own. Some people work really well with that, but a lot of my students, they're, they're future teachers. So, how do you teach a future teacher to teach somebody but not be there in person? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. But, I mean, we're getting through it. We're figuring it out. There's a lot of online programs, teacher ed programs that, that are strictly online. I don't like them. But at the same time, we're dealing with it, and we're going to make the best of the situation. And hopefully this, this can all clear up over the, you know, over this year, and, and things can maybe slow down and, be a little bit more normal moving forward a conversation we had just before we got on the air um you were we were talking about just how great high school life can be because there's four years where it's it's you and a ferrari just going down a road with all your friends for four straight years this year a lot of seniors had their seasons cut off the graduations canceled memory shattered because they had all these things to look forward to. What do you tell kids, seniors especially, who are listening to the show, listening to you right now, about having those memories taken away from them because of something that's out of their control? There are much better memories moving forward. I mean, I I loved high school. I, I loved the experiences that I had. But they are nothing compared to the experiences that you're going to go through later on in life. I mean, let's just talk about college. You know, a lot of, a lot of these, these kids may not be playing sports in, in, in college. They may be playing sports in college. But I can tell you, you're going to meet and find some of the best friends you'll ever meet later on in life. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm still best friends with my best friend from high school. He's my, he was my best man. I mean, heck, I'm going to golf with him in about an hour. Um, and my group of friends, too. I mean, I'm, I'm still friends with my high school buddies, but... You know, the, the most meaningful experiences are going to happen later on in life. Um, I mean, Dustin and I, Dustin Smith, he coaches at Mount Crest. Um, he's, he coaches baseball. Him and I have had so many more and better experiences after high school. I mean, I remember the, the night when he told me that um, he was pregnant. Well, that Megan was pregnant with Lily. I mean, I, I was bawling absolutely bawling. I was so excited for him and I was so excited that I was going to be an uncle, you know what I mean? And and I mean those experiences are so much better 
than the games that we played in high school and graduation and, and, and that sort of thing. It's devastating. They're, them not getting this experience is tough. But there's a lot better experiences moving forward, whether it's in athletics, whether it's family, whether it's you meet your, um, you know, your, your wife, your, you know, whatever. It's, it, there's just so many more experiences to come, and they'll understand that soon. What about the fear of losing contact with your friends? I know, I mean, you and I stay in contact every now and then. You were just saying, you, you, you know, you still talk to your best friend. You're going golfing with him today. You still talk to Dustin. I think that's also a worrying concern as well. Yeah, it happens. I mean, no matter how close you are with somebody. I mean, Dustin and I, we don't talk all the time. And, but we have an understanding. We, we both know that we're always going to be best friends. Um, but we don't speak. We don't talk uh, as much as we used to. When I lived on, on the East Coast, I feel like I saw him and his family more, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's because it, you just get confined in this little, your own little world, you know, and having now, me having a child now is totally different. Now it's, we don't see each other as much because my life's a lot more hectic, um, let alone he's... <laughs> Well, all my friends have kids too, and they're all doing their thing. It's it's just it's not easy to make time for everyone else in person, you know. And I mean, you and I talk more than most most of any of my friends, and that's mainly just because we Once do it. Once every five, four or five months, yeah, really, <laughs> you know. And you know, I, I I love it. I love the fact that there are some people in this world that still want to talk to me, um, but there are a lot of people in this world that I don't need to talk to. And I still know that they love me, and I and you know they feel the same way. They know that I'm I'm there for them if if ever needed. Did you? Who's your closest friend that didn't go to Mountain Crest that played athletics? Oh, jeez. Um, Hootie. Which one was he? Uh, Dusty Roach. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, we we met in at Southern Utah. Okay. And he was one of my really really good friends. Uh, he lives in Tremont now, Garland. Yeah, oh, okay. He he um. So he works for uh, Lincoln Financial, has his own firm in Tremont now, um, let alone he helps with his farm. So I, I still keep in contact with him pretty well, and he's probably one of my favorite people on this planet because he's, I mean, you know, it, you probably would remember him if you... Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just such a crazy, crazy kid. <laughs> so fun. And, you know, and I don't see him as much either, but he's probably, he's one of my favorite people on this planet. The relationships between, I mean, now there's five high schools in the Valley, or is it, I think it's five, right? One, two, three, four, five high schools in the Valley now. I don't know. I lost track. Yeah, like Green Canyon, yeah. Skyview. I got to actually say it myself, just to make sure. And I mean, Bear River as well. Like, so it's six in a region, five in the Valley. Uh, the relationships are a little bit more connected, you know, because I used to go to school with this person for three years and then went to Ridgeline for one year. We're, and so I guess the friendships are more connected all over the Valley. Was that the case back in the day? Or is it more disconnected? We aren't friends. We aren't buddies. If I see, I'll say hi, but that's about it. The relationships were there for sure. I mean, uh, just not noticeable. I mean, no, they were noticeable. Like, really? I mean, look at uh, kids from Logan. I mean, Tyson Harris was at Logan. Um, yeah. You got the Pawnees. You know, I was over there mixing kava all the time with the Pawnees. Mm -hmm. um, and then you you go look at Skyview. Todd Barr. You know, Todd Barr and I are still close friends to this day. Heck, I texted him this morning or texted him last night. Um, you know, and, and then after high school, hung out a little bit with Nate Harris, but that was mainly through Todd. Um, where is Nate now? 
I, I think he's still in the valley. I got to track that yeah, guy. Yeah, I need now. to as well. He's, I mean, he was a good dude, but we're, I th- I th- we're still Facebook friends. And yeah, that and counts. Yeah, so that, <laughs> I guess. But like, you know, I mean, being friends with Todd, and then Todd and I played um, baseball together at Slick. So, mm. so we we actually had some, um, and we we were roommates, which was crazy. So we were friends before then, though. Like, I mean, he he came on. I forget what trip it was, but he was with um, you know myself and my dad and. I mean, Todd was a good friend even in high school, you know, and when we played against him, you know, we weren't friends. Like he would, there were times when he hit me really hard and, you know, he would help me up, but he wouldn't be like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know? So it's, it's, it's interesting because those relationships, you know, they became better even later on. You know, I still keep in contact with the Pawnees too. I mean, I don't see them hardly ever, mainly because I need to get my mixing game back, back on point. Um, I haven't mixed kava in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> used to be a tradition, a routine for you every weekend, I mean, man. Yeah, don't tell, don't tell the administration of Mountain Crest this, but there were times when we were sloughing class, mixing kava in the in the in the <laughs> locker room. Well, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I think they already knew. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. Ryan, you ready to head down memory lane? Let's do it. Ryan Zimmerman, one of the best athletes in the last 20 years to come out of Cache Valley, joins us here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Ryan, the mystique of Ryan Zimmerman went full-blown during the 2000 football season. Uh, You guys uh, lose to Logan 22-13 to end your regular season in 2000. I'm I'm going to push your memory. (laughs) Ryan Bohm gave you guys fits year in and year out. Him alone gave you guys fits. Then you go into uh, the state tournament. Were you guys a third seed in that? This is your sophomore year, by the way. Oh yeah, we played. Let me let me think about this. Uh, that would have been. Did we play Lone Peak that first round, or was it Cypress? It was Cypress. Cypress, Cypress and they were like ten and zero. Yep. Well, they were ten and done after that game. <laughs> um, but they they were they were yeah I I, I believe we were a third seed because we were playing a one seed so. So you go to Cypress and you beat them, and your defense comes up big. Sixteen to six is the final score. Your defense was tremendous. In a cold game, too, if I remember right. Oh, in fact, reason. that actually, we're going to go back to Cyprus well, in about two years. Yeah, two years later, it was colder. It was freezing. <laughs> uh, and then you go to Lone Peak for the quarterfinal game. And I still remember listening to 103.9 FM and Bob Apoon. And my dad and I are sitting next to a radio. And we hadn't ate our dinner. We, we left our dinner on the counter because we just couldn't leave this game. And out of all the, I mean, in a 16-13 win, it's John Schroeder for a field goal to win it. To send you guys to the semifinal. What do you remember about this game? Well, there were the, I can't remember who their safety was, and I think they were brothers. I think there were two safeties, um, but they and maybe that was I get that game mixed up with Cyprus. But the coolest thing about that game was we had a play because um, that was Coach Cox was our Dan yep. Cox was our head coach. Oh, what was the play name? A starburst. It was called starburst, and. I mean, I was a sophomore. I was a, I wasn't very, I wasn't great at that point. Um, I could throw the ball a little bit, but we had the the best O line in the state and the best running back. Let alone Jake. Um, you know, he was a fullback, tight end, and so we we had just monsters on the line. And so we ran the ball like crazy all year long because Adrian Stewart was, you know, one of the best running backs um, in the state. And um, but you know, we have to get some yards so that we can actually <laughs> win this game, right? So. I can't remember how much time was left. I mean, it couldn't have been more than like 20 seconds. And he calls Starburst. And 
I've been all week long when we play when we ran Starburst. Um, if the if the outside linebacker blitzed, I was just to immediately pop it to Adrian, like a, a, just a real quick. Adrian's, like he was my. I forgot about him. He was my, um, you know, hot route. And but we needed like forty yards, <laughs> <laughs> right? So of course they blitz, and I hit my hot route. Which we need forty yards. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. Well, he runs. I mean, he he caught the ball and broke a tackle and ran down in, in, in within the five yard line, and you know we ended up kicking a field goal to win. <laughs> you know, like it's, but it's crazy because I don't remember a lot uh, about all my high school experiences. I had a few too many concussions, but I I remember small little things like starburst. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> in the semifinal in the snowy stadium of Romney at the time, uh, oh. you face Logan again, and Ryan Bohm has a heyday. And behind the quarterback, was it who was the quarterback at the time? Was it Jared? It was Lowe. Jared Lowe. Jared Lowe. He was he was damn good too. Uh, this game was, I think, frustrating for a lot of Mustang fans for the fact that you guys were inside the red zone, I think, five times and came away with only six points. Yeah, um, I threw a lot of incomplete passes. <laughs> But do you ever go back and say, you know, damn, Cox, why didn't you freaking just kick the field goal? We, I mean, we had a kid who just kicked a game winner against Lone Peak for the win, and now we won't kick a field goal from 22 out. I mean, we were in two feet of snow, you know, putting yeah. that ball down on – I mean, it was it was cold. It was snowy. Um, you know, Schroeder couldn't – I mean, he couldn't plant his plant foot to be able to kick that ball, you know. I mean, I was struggling holding on to the ball. It was just – and we were put in a lot of situations where we needed to throw – which isn't great when you have a sophomore quarterback in freezing cold weather with a ton of snow. And, but that goes along with Logan, you know, what the, the positions that they put us in. Um, you know, we have the best running back in the state, but when you're in third and long, every single, you know, possession, it's tough, you know, putting a lot of pressure on, on me. And, you know, it's, it just wasn't the ideal situation, um, but that goes along with the game plan for Logan. Uh, was Ryan the best player? Ryan Bohm, the best player you ever saw on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, I know you've seen a lot of. I mean, uh, him, damn good athletes, him, but I would say him, and then Kyle Brady was another one from Twilla. Uh huh. But we only got to play a half because of tower collapse. So so Bohm's in a whole new new world because I mean I played against him so many times and he was just like my nemesis. Like he just. He was a tough sucker, you know. He had not only was he great, was he athletic, but he was just so tough. We're gonna we're about to talk about the mere option of of Logan from 2000 to 2001. This 2000 Logan defense was pretty dang good. In fact, they actually beat up Highland 14 nothing in the snow at the University of Utah to win the state championship. Just one week later, after they beat you guys, how good was that defense? I mean, you put a goose egg, goose egg up against Highland. <laughs> That's that's a defense right there. I mean, it's the same thing with us. What would we score six points that game? Yep. I mean, the the week before, you know, whether whether it's bad weather or not, we were used to scoring points. So they're great. They were, they In were fact, tough. the lowest score was you guys were held to uh, was six by Logan. They held you to thirteen the week uh, right, two weeks before in that final regular season yeah. game. But you were averaging over twenty five points a game throughout the season. That was the third highest in the four A class at the point in time. Uh, the next year, you guys come back, uh, and uh, but with a different guy at the head of the uh, head ball coach with the curly hair and uh, <laughs> the fast-paced offense. When he came to you, 
And I remember I was a sophomore, so I was a water boy at this time. And he says, Ryan, I want to implement a no-huddle offense where we just go and we don't stop. Your reaction was? Sweet. I get to throw the ball more? Let's do it. <laughs> and he was all about that. I mean, it was incredible. But instead, in game one, instead of seeing the show of Ryan Zerman continue, we see Blad. the pre- debut that of Carl Blad, who scored six right. touchdowns, one of them on a kickoff return to start the second half as they, uh, as you throttle West 49-22, but you had... Carl Blatt had a day. It was West? It was West to open up the season. That's right. I forgot about West. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Blatt, that dude was unreal. I mean, he was he was so fast. He ran like a gazelle. I mean, he, he just, <laughs> you couldn't stop the kid. I mean, he had some great experiences, even as a sophomore, returning kicks for us. Um, but nothing like what happened. He really, and I think the newspaper, um, it's funny that I remember this stuff. My wife's going to be like, what? How do you remember this? You, you, you don't remember yesterday. Um, but I think in the newspaper it said, Blad, you're a Mustang. Yeah, was the yep, that was the, the title of the, on the front page of the sports page. Yep. Yeah, and he, I mean, he sure was. That was, that was the, the beginning of a great year. Um, but, and then back to Erickson, like, like Blad, Elison, I mean, there are so many people on, this, on that team, right? Um, but him implementing that new offense was really the kicker. Um, he, he was a personnel guy. He realized the type of people we had, and he adjusted the offense to those people versus, okay, we're just going to stick to this offense no matter what. He took the talent that we had, he looked at every single individual, and he game plan based on that. That makes a good coach. That's how a lot of great teams are are um, successful is by adapting to the personnel that you have. And that's something that a lot of high school coaches didn't do back then. Um, not saying that it was so long ago, but, you know, a lot of people are stuck in their ways. They run a power offense. They want run the wing tee. They, you know, they're an option um, team, whatever. Like they, a lot of coaches stick to their, you know, what they – like to run and he wasn't like that he adapted which was really really cool i still remember sitting in film with you guys my first time sitting in film with you guys and erickson has sega 91 92 93 94 95 96 97 and all as he does i still remember as clear as day i don't know if you do but he says all right give me options on sega 91 if you see cover two now if you see cover one and you are just bam 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 erickson looks at you with a smile and says we aren't going to lose. Yeah. We aren't going to lose. He was so confident with you as quarterback. He just saw you and him have the same vision the whole entire time. And it was incredible to, to just to watch that unfold for two years with you two. Yeah, we got, we got each other. You know, I, he, he was a film guru. I turned into a film guru um, mainly because of him. I mean, you got to understand, too, my, my pops at the time, he was the D coordinator. Yes, he was. So, I mean, I grew up around coaching in general anyway, and I, I – I, saw his game plans and I saw the amount of time that he put in watching film and developing these spreadsheets and developing these, um, you know, different situations um, for his defense. And I, I grew up around that stuff. And then when, when uh, Erickson came along, he forced me into, it. I mean, I watched so much film with that guy. I was there before school watching film during lunch. I was watching film. I mean, and we were just, I mean, I helped develop the names and the game of, of like yeah, our, our absolutely. offense, the, the no huddle, like everything. I, 
I was right there with him. He's like, oh, what do you think we should call this? What do you think we should call our 60s series? I'm like, well, Elvis Presley, because Elvis was popular in the 60s. Like, I was a part of that whole process. So he was developing an offense while I was helping develop it. That's why I understood it so well, was because I was right there in the beginning. Uh, you used a Fremont for the second year in a row at home, 27-19. Uh, and then you throttle Davis, and we we go win loss win loss win loss for quite first five weeks of the season. It's annoying, including a loss to the Skyline at home. It was ranked number twenty third in the country at the time. It was the first time I've ever seen you take the pounding you took against. I mean, they absolutely and I love you, Ryan. Lit you <laughs> up on almost every single play. Well, they're a big reason why I don't remember much. <laughs> no, they. I mean, that team was unreal, and I, I forget the head coach. He was there for forever. Uh, Roger Depay. De, Depay. Yeah, that's right. Um, How do I know that? But geez. he, jeez, oh, like it, he developed quality teams. Even even in those years where they probably weren't didn't have the talent, they still won. They still won. You know. Yep. And that's that's just what great coaches do. So props to them. But man. I still and I remember that place was standing room only. That was standing only everywhere. You could not find a place to sit. You were standing on the track around the field, and by about midway through the third, uh, late into the I guess early fourth, that place was near empty. Uh, with the result thirty eight fifteen, you then go to Box Elder and destroy Box Elder on their homecoming night. In fact, Box Elder was favored to win this game. Final score thirty five ten. Bad news: you lose Nick Ellison uh, on oh, yeah. a torn ACL after going up for a jump ball and coming down with it. Yeah, I that was a bad throw. <laughs> was it a bad throw? <laughs> well, I just I left him high and dry. I I just I I mean you can I, it's easy for me to put blame on the throw. I mean, he still caught it cuz that's what he did. He didn't know how to lose, he didn't know how to drop anything. He I mean probably one of the most athletic people I've ever been around in my life. Um but yeah, that was that hurt. That hurt a lot. I mean, and I was devastated especially cuz if I would have thrown that ball, you know, three feet lower, he's not jumping up so high and coming down um, so awkwardly. But, you know, it is what it is, and that stuff happens. Again, you lose to Ryan Bohm and the Logan Grizzlies for the third straight time on a homecoming night, 29-16 at home, and Ryan Bohm had a day. In fact, he accounted for 300 yards of total offense. He would surpass that in the state semifinal game at Romney Stadium later on in the year. Uh, this I remember it was it was the only time I ever saw you cry. <laughs> you oh, man, were so just, pissed. Bone was just kept beating me up. You know the Pawnee Pawnee was there beating me up. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then you had uh, what was his name? He, he was a receiver and played uh, Chase Cutler. Chase Cutler. He was a beast too. Um, I mean, I'm missing so many people on that were on that squad. But you know, you can only get beat up so much until you just drop to your knees and say, "I'm done," and just cry. <laughs> Well, it ended up turning your season around. You then go on to win seven straight, including a 56-20 blow, blow at Snow Canyon in St. George. A win over Roy. And by the way, do you remember trailing Roy at Roy 21-24-21? I do not. We, they had scored a touchdown, and, uh, and everybody just loses their freaking mind on the sideline. And then I remember only two people grabbed everybody and kind of like called them up and told them to just relax. Art and you. And you two are staying in the middle. And, I mean, we're talking special teams, defense, and offense. Whoever can get there, get there. And it's you and Art just saying, relax. And then you said to everybody, we're going to win this game. We're not going to lose to Roy. Yeah, and Almost in a disgusted way. why I don't remember is because I was like, come on. It's Roy. Like, and 
that, and that was Roy at the time. Roy's been, I'm not saying it because it was Roy, but at the time, <laughs> you know, cause I mean, I'd been in Roy high school many times over the past three years yeah. with student teachers and, and, uh, um, you know, I, <laughs> but we weren't going to lose to Roy. <laughs> you then beat Skyview 46, 20. In fact, it was a, during an emotional week because, uh, Joey Gilsdorf, or I guess, uh, yeah, his brother had just passed away during that week. Yeah. Uh, the funeral was the day of that game. And uh, in honor, you said we were going to go out there and beat Skyview, and you did 46-20. You had a heck of a night with Carl Blatt as well. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a tough That was a cold game too, actually. If I remember, that was a freezing cold game. Yeah, that was a cold game. But that whole week, I mean, the the things that happened with the Gilsdorf family um, that week was obviously hanging over everybody's head. It's that kid, you know, Fuzzy. He, right? he, he bled he, Mountain Crest football I mean, too. Yeah, that and that's literally how it started. He had a the staff infection was on his forehead from his football helmet, you know, which is the cause of his death, you know. Um, again, football is just a game, but when you use little things like that to help motivate you, you know, special things can happen. You know, we we happen to beat up on. Skyview and some of my friends over in Smithfield, which is just fine. <laughs> That's okay you with know, us. It, it helped the week out. So You then clinched the region, uh, at the time, the Region 4 Championship with a 56-33 blowout on senior night of Bonneville in the return of Nick Gillison. Uh, actually, I guess it wasn't return. Uh, Nick Gillison came back for the, no, was it? I think Nick was back for the Bonneville game. I can't remember. I right. can't remember either. It's been a while. Uh, but Nick Gillison had a great night that night. And by the way, do you know who the most underrated receiver this, that season was? Who never got credit? I I know who it is. Who Richardson. is it? Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you. That kid knew how to find holes like it was his job. I mean, he was just like playing against any zone coverage. He was the man I threw the ball to the most. Um, <laughs> and even man coverage, he he still did a decent job, but he wasn't as as agile and quick as you know Blad and Elison and and even Tony, you know Webb. Um, but he. <laughs> Just he knew how to fa- find holes. I bet you a lot of a lot of those completions were to him. And people people have no idea. Kyle Rich, yeah, Rich. He did. Them. In fact, at the end of the regular season, Ryan, he led the team in catches, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> and he led the team in completions for first downs as well. Sounds about right. He was your bailout Doily. guy. Doily. Was, Doily. That's right. Been- in the first round, in an absolute embarrassment of a of a showdown, Fit Murray loses to you guys, fifty six seven. It was forty two nothing at halftime. Yeah, and our Erickson came in and said, "Well, I don't know what to tell you, but we're doing good." Yep, I mean <laughs> that we were really explosive. I mean, you go back back and watch that game, and oh, I mean, it, just, it was just it was crazy. It was crazy how everything was working. And then, of course, you beat Timfew at home 50-27. to We'll see Timfew again in just a little bit, actually, in the following season. And then, of course, it's the, what do they call it? The Rumble at Romney, part two. Mountain Crest and Logan, uh, Ryan Bone versus Ryan Zerman, the showdown again. And this one was packed. It was a beautiful, beautiful, it was a total opposite picture of 2000. It was a beautiful day. Uh, and it turned out on the scoreboard like it should as 37-34 is your final. What do you remember about this game? Not much, actually. That's probably the reason we won. Um, I got a concussion. So which one? Uh, do you remember what? Like, do you remember the play or what? Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember the play. I, I I watched film the next day and I didn't remember a single play. I no was, way. I, it was like watching yourself on TV and going, "Dang, you know, you're all right." 
Um, <laughs> but I think it happened in the second half. Um, and you had a concussion this game. Yeah, you and, played like you. There's nothing wrong. Well, I mean, I had like four concussions that year. This was the time when you didn't come out for a concussion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and you know I I I played a lot better after a concussion, which was surprising because I think just you don't think. You know, it's almost like you're out there playing backyard football. And this is sad to say, um, but it's true. Like, I, I played really well after a lot of my concussions, which is scary. <laughs> uh, 37-34 on a 41-yard field goal from Cody Smith. Nate yeah. Jackson had himself a day. Who was the better? I'm going to do this to you. Who's the better back, Adrian or Nate Jackson? Don't do that to me. Who is it? Yeah. I, they both were amazing. I can't. <laughs> You got to understand. You got to understand a couple things. So Adrian, Adrian had probably um, one of the best O line in history of of high school football. Um, and, and Nate Jackson had a pretty dang good line too. Well, Nate was but, more physical too. It, it, well, here's what you got to understand too: is we ran a spread offense um, my senior year, right? We or my my Your junior year, year. sorry. Um, no huddle spread offense. So a lot of his runs, you know, were with against boxes that weren't full where Adrian was running against boxes that were packed, you know, eight men in the box. Um, it's a different type of running. Um, I would say Nate Jackson is an all around, a more all around running back, meaning he can catch, he can run, he can block. Um, Adrian could run and could block but he wasn't one of those backs that you're going to just throw out on a route, right? Um, but then again, I never had that opportunity to do that with Adrian. If Adrian would have been a year younger, who knows what? You know, maybe Adrian would have been a better, a better passing back. I don't know. Um, it was just a, it was two different types of offenses, so I can't say one's better than the other. Um, they were both mean. They were both not nice people when it came to on the field, you know, Amazing off the field, but they were mean people. You win the state championship with a win over Boxelder in a game that was closer than uh, what we thought it would be at 20, uh, 24-22. Do you remember the first 15 seconds of that game? Blad? Didn't we? I throw a touchdown. I think I hit Doyle across the middle, and then Blad deep in the um, on, a, on a fade route for a touchdown. Is that what happened? And then we get the and then do you remember and then the, we get the ball the back kick immediately because uh, for some reason their box other team sprinted up the field instead of covering the ball. We cover the ball first play right after that. You That's find right. Blad again again, and then you found Blad for a third time going the opposite direction from north to south, and then a diving catch into the end zone. Oh, Blad comes down with it. Catch. Pretty much put the game away. Box Taylor made a run out of it, but again, final score. It was your first and only state championship of your high school career. That still just mind boggles me. Yeah. I I remember I do remember I didn't get a concussion that game. It was great. So I remembered everything about it. You stayed pretty clean if I remember, right? Yeah. yeah I, you know the play people forget is on third and short when we had to have it to close out the game. You roll out and you throw to Nick and he makes a spectacular one-handed that's, grab yeah. for a first down. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got out of Ivy. I mean, Elison, that's... Ivy, I forgot that's what we called him after the... <laughs> yeah, um, but he... Yeah, that kid was just an all-around... You could put him at any position, and he'd, he'd be the best at it. 
Want to keep quarterback? <laughs> throw the ball. <laughs> He'd tell you different. Uh, before we get to your senior year, which was in just incredible heartbreak in about every way, we're going to tell you why here in just a moment. Uh, your baseball year, that sophomore year, you lead the uh, you lead the state in ERA and in strikeouts. My junior year. Your junior year. Sorry, your yeah. junior. Year, excuse me. I apologize. Uh, your junior year, we are playing. We're one game away from um, clinching the region title championship and we have to go to your nemesis Bonneville to do it and uh this is this is going to become a theme and I hate to put him on a poster like this but Nick Gillison ends up being credited with the loss even though he didn't deserve it we lose three to two but then I remember coach Hanson telling me this one time this is well after this had all happened coach Hanson I asked him when was the like the best opportunity you thought you had to win a state championship and you didn't and we're going to get to our your senior year in just a bit but he says in 2002 when we had two games at home and we won. We beat Mountain View in the snow, thanks to you. And then we went to Spanish Fork and Jory Jensen throws a beauty a of a game. Yeah, he pitched the whole, yeah. And we win 4-2. to Nick Gilson hits a two-run homer over mm-hmm. left center field to, to pretty much clinch the game for us. And uh, you get the final put out. So we go into BYU 2-0 and and we have to face Olympus with you on the mound. And uh, Dustin leads off with a triple, scores on a pass ball. We're up one nothing. We didn't score until like the <laughs> sixth inning, and Olympus lit you up. Yeah, yeah. I am. I I try to forgot about. I, I for, actually let's just say I forgot about the game. Sounds good to me. <laughs> we, That's uh, the one thing that I did really well. Is I I have great when it comes down to it. My amnesia, it's it's. <laughs> That's what I think made me so successful is I forget the bad, but I remember the good. The next night we have to play Springville. And it's another Tyf team. In fact, you have a good buddy on that team. Who, oh, Zach. That's right. Yeah. In fact, you, if you remember this, we are, I think we're up one, and Jory uh, forces a ground ball. Uh, kid at second. You boot the ball. Kid turns and goes to home. Your throw is late and off. And Zach Erickson comes up and hits a 415-foot <laughs> shot over left field. And it was a runaway for Springville, and they end our season. Yeah, I remember that. Um, well, actually, I don't. I forgot about that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, Zach. Zach and I ended up, we were roommates in college, actually, for um, the first year. Um, but he <laughs> he never let me forget about that. <laughs> and, and he didn't let me forget that he picked me off. He did, he had a pick six um, the very next year of my senior year. In first fact, game. In fact, you were you probably going to get to that. <laughs> yep, in fact, that's where we open up. Zach Erickson, in, very, in fact, you guys see each other back-to-back years, back-to-back games in the season opener. Yeah. Uh, you win, you beat Springville 24-22. That's one of them. Zach picks you off. Here's the crazy part, and I think some people forget about this if you're a Mountcrest fan. We were supposed to have won that game. That ball game was over, but they give Springville an extra play. And Zach catches like a 40-yard bomb and gets him, I think, within uh, close to field goal range, but just outside of it. They run one more play for some stupid reason. They get another play and nearly beat us. We escaped 24-22. You beat Fremont at Fremont 32-22. Uh, and I still, in fact, you got a concussion this game. Uh, yeah, so their tight end, he was their best receiver, best everything. He was just so good for Fremont. I can't remember his name. But was it Bo Hadley? He, w- he was, no, Bo, I think was, Wait, no. Was he the quarterback? I can't remember who the freaking quarterback. There I was a the quarterback was Jake who... Buse, who was a stud. I think it was Jake Buse. Um, Bo Hadley. That's not Box Elder, is it? Oh, it might be Box Elder. Yeah, I'm thinking of I think he's, I'm sorry, he's I'm Box thinking Elder. Okay. But this kid was just lighting it up, lighting us up. And so my dad was frustrated because he was dominating us. So he threw me in at safety. 
and I hadn't played any defense. And he said, you're one-on-one with him. That's your only job. <laughs> and so that guy comes across the middle, I and I'm, we... like, I'm like, I'm going to just I'm gonna eat his knee up. So I put my helmet straight into his knee, and I got a concussion. I came out that exact same play, but that kid also came out. And he didn't. He didn't play the rest of the game. He might have came back in, but he didn't do anything because well, his kneecap was. He broken. didn't come back in because they pulled him out, and then Davy Swinson recognized it. You come off the field, and it's fourth and goal for them, I think. And because uh, I I was right there when you hit him, and I'm just like, oh yeah. And then you come off the field, and you're just wobbly. I'm dazed. And yeah. Erickson goes, hey, on this next possession, I want to go Sega ninety six. I want you to look for the hot route here, and you're like, coach, concussion. Concussion, and he's like, "Let's go Sega '97." He's just going off about plays, and you're absolutely nowhere to be found. That <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. And uh, in the end, 32-22, and then of course the the Twilla game. They're the number one team in 3A. We're Ugh. the number one team in 4A. We're tied at 14 and half, and this game is ugly at half. Yeah. Um, we go out to start, and the tower, because of the wind, blows over, and two people on top of that tower. One person dies. It's resuscitated back to life. They get a helicopter. We're sitting in the gym waiting to get back in because we think we're going to still play. And I remember your dad's speech, and this is not good, but (laughs) the ref is sitting there, and he's kind of somber, you know, and he goes, hey, look, all right, the tower fell over. They took his bleep out. All right, he's on a helicopter going to who knows where. We're going to go play football, and we're going to beat these guys, and it just gives us pump up. And so we go back out there. And then all of a sudden, like, administration from Tooele, administration from Mountain Crest guy, and I'm like, we're not going to play. Yeah. Well, what you got to understand, too, is, you know, him giving that speech and getting us excited was was one thing, but then reality hit. And, you know, he was a big part of us not continuing. Yeah. My my dad. Um, because what it came down to, like, we didn't know any information. Yeah, we, we at were, the time well, we didn't know. Time. Not but even our Erickson knew. There and... You know, the reality hit everyone, and it was kind of like we all just came to a conclusion that this is just a game, and some people's lives are not only at risk, but one might be gone. And so so my dad was very, and myself, and um, Kyle Brady, like the head, the, other, the head coach of the other team, I don't even know who it was. I mean, we're all just sitting there talking and not just trying to, like, talk about, like, this – game really doesn't mean anything we're tied like i and i'm like totally supportive of not continuing of course i want to play but again we don't need to continue this game and you know kyle was awesome about it the head coach i mean they know that they knew that person very well and so we just came to the conclusion that you know hey shake hands um you win i win we you know well we all lost kind of i mean but do you remember the handshake line? I was sta- I was actually behind Whittier, and someone comes by and says, "Hey, we just tied the number one team in four A." Whittier about lost it, yeah. and if I remember right, Brandon Smith grabs Whittier and pulls him back because Whittier was ready. Well, you gotta understand wh- who Whittier is too. He's a competitive but, kid, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, and but he, I mean to he's hear still that to this day, you know, like yeah. he's going golfing with me too in an hour. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna beat him, but the, that's. It's golf, you know. They, they know they can't beat me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but he, he still hasn't changed. He's still a competitive person, and and he'll 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 never change. Um, which is why he was such a good football player because he was mean and competitive. Yeah, he was a he was a two version. Well, I guess he was a 
a younger version, and a, I mean, and I mean this in the nicest way, a little bit less productive version of Carson Jessup. And oh, Carson yeah. Jessup was another animal, another planet, and another universe when it came to production and, and defense. You lose to Skyline twenty to seventeen, what was an absolute barn burner. Yeah. Uh, you are down three, and it's fourth and fourteen on your own seven yard line. I think you complete a pass for twenty something yards, and then do you remember? The pass to Blau with 42 seconds left, down the middle of the seams, wide open, and it hits him in the head. Yeah. It was a, if it hits you in the helmet, it was a good pass. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll blame him. No. <laughs> Do you remember getting turned upside down on that I play? Mean, you get you got to understand, too, there's a lot, a lot more to think about than me just hitting him in the helmet. Um, I had to release that ball quick. And that I remember that I can't remember what the play was called, but it was a route where he's not going to be looking that soon. He's not my hot route, but he's my guy. Like that's the guy I go to, right? In in clutch situations, him and Elison were my guys. And you know, I threw the ball a little soon, and it was too soon. You know, it wasn't at the normal time where you should be looking for the ball. So it's not. I I can't really blame him. But I did hit him in the helmet. You did. And, he, and I remember Dave Kress losing his mind. I also remember in this game you break in uh, Ingemans, who was at, at the time at BYU. Ingemans uh, passing record. And the PA announcer at Skyline was kind enough when uh, things had settled down that he actually announced that he had broken his record. And you got a very nice applause. Uh, you probably don't remember that, but I still I thought it was one of the coolest things when the packed house, packed stadium, and there was national bike riders there. USA Today was there. There was a couple of big time publications there to watch you play, uh, and uh, and then of course, uh, of course, I remember Cody missing the field goal the next day in film. Uh, Erickson's just rewinding the kick over and over and over again, just over, and he goes, "How do you miss a kick from that far out?" Cody goes, "I wasn't ready." Ryan, was he ready? He said he was ready. Cody's like, no, I wasn't ready. Who said I was ready? And there's just this awkward silence for like 10, 15 seconds. And Eric is just rewinding it over and over again. <laughs> and your dad about lost his mind. Yeah, uh, well, Erickson does that stuff. He, he, <laughs> he'll, he'll kick you a little bit when you're down. Yeah. Depending on the situation and depending on the person. But, I mean, he's also the first person to pat you on the back when you do something amazing. But he, you know, he he's probably, he's one of the most competitive people I've ever met in my life, too. He would play on the scout team without a helmet. Yeah. And sometimes he'd throw a helmet on, and I remember he hit um, <laughs> one, I can't remember who he laid out. Um, but, again, this is the head football coach. I think I remember. Laying somebody out on their back, and he's standing over the top of him, and he hits his head and goes, Buckeye. <laughs> Like, cause you know, the Buckeyes, when they do something well, they get a Buckeye on their helmet. And I just remember just dying laughing. And I'm just like, this guy is a nut job. And, but you know, he, he was, he was amazing. Great. At the same time, you know, he, he did things that (laughs) wouldn't be very welcoming to a lot of people nowadays. But I mean, he, he just, he just knew how to win. And, you know, when you miss a field goal, sorry, you're the kicker. We're going to watch it over and over and over again. Deal with it. And Cody became better because of it. You know, he he was a great kicker. And things like that, just mentally, it, it, it toughened him up. So, 
In fact, Cody didn't miss a kick, I believe, until the Bonneville game, the final regular season game of the year. Yeah. Uh, you lose to Box Seller 37-34 on a QB sneak up the middle with 50 seconds left. What people don't realize, I didn't know this until the next day in film, he had dropped the ball at the one-yard line and started celebrating. And, and nobody really realized until we watched film, like, oh, well, he dropped the ball at the one-yard line. Well, yeah. what are you going to do now? <laughs> Whether he dropped it or not. He, Another homecoming he loss for you, though, yeah. and it just heartbreak. No, that was terrible because, I mean, uh, that, that quarterback, him and I didn't get along at all. Um, uh, I did not like him, like, at all. And, you know, like in, in high school, like I didn't like Bohm, of sure, course. Yeah. And now we're older and you graduate, even in college, a year after after high school, you know, like Bohm and I have no issues. You know, that, he's a good dude. I've talked to him. I don't think it was this year, but uh, maybe it was last year at Ridgeline, you know, and I'm like, hey, Bohm, you know, and we sat down and talked for a few minutes. Um, it's not like we're best friends, but we both have just a, you can see the, the respect. And it's the same thing with that kid from, from, uh, from Box Elder. I, oh man, I, I think I almost got in a fight with him at a basketball game later on that year. Cause you know, they beat us. Yeah. Handily too. And I'm at a basketball game and they made sure to <laughs> let me know that they beat us. And I wasn't very happy about it. And I remember the crowd trying overrated at the uh, football game on the other, and it was so <laughs> yeah. loud. And it was just one of like, what? And at this point we had not won a game in September. <laughs> then comes Logan the following week at Logan. Riley Olton breaks his leg the week before against, uh, I think, Bonneville. And so now it's Ben Macy at quarterback for Logan. Oh, yeah. And he actually goes out there and plays pretty darn yeah, well. You still beat did. Logan for the first time in a regular season game, 28-14. But Ben Macy went out yeah, there and competed. He did. I remember that. And what's funny is I coached I coached Ben. Oh, you did? <laughs> Utah State. Shut up. No, man. no. Because, oh, wow. you know, he went on his mission. Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of funny. I mean, he's younger than me, obviously, but, you know, it's crazy. And he took some time off as well. But it was – I remember when he when he ended up – and I think he lives in Salt Lake. I actually was going to go play basketball with him and a bunch of his friends um, a couple months ago. But good dude. Ben was a stud. Blow wins over Roy, Skyview, and Snow Canyon in games that you scored over 40-plus points in every single one of them. Only once did you allow 21 points in any of those blowouts. The Roy game was interesting because the lights went out on a Friday night, so no, oh, on a Thursday night. So we played on a Friday morning or Friday midday, and Nick Gilson came back. Nick Gilson had missed the homecoming game because right. he had hurt his leg. And so he was back for the Roy game, and you win in convincing fashion. You All same thing against Skyview and Snow Canyon for senior night. And then, of course, at Bonneville with a chance to play for the region championship, a win secures you a second second place because it'd be by coin flip for a tie. Yep. If Bonneville wins, they win it outright. You guys are up by 10 in the third. You lose by 10, 41-31 in this game. I don't remember that. Uh, you had two, I know, <laughs> of course, you had the two picks in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, so which means we're at third seed and we're on the road again. So, yep. of course, you're back at Cyprus. Oh my! Okay, so this game—it was negative eight hundred degrees. Oh my! And it I was, was a ball boy, and I, and I, so cold. And I wanted a hand warmer, and coach wouldn't give me one. So I'm holding yeah. the footballs, and I'm like, I can't feel my dang fingers. Yep. So uh, here's here's the that game in the short version. It was so cold, I did not want to be on the field, and I audibled probably seventy percent <laughs> of all the plays that were called. I would I just I that. would just look at Blad and tap my helmet, which is Blad. I didn't know this. Go deep. So that game, I threw for almost 500 yards. I think I was like 496 yards. Yep. And then rushing wise, I can't remember how many how many rushing yards I had, but I swear I was over 100. 
Blatto had 162 yards receiving and two touchdowns. No, three touchdowns, excuse me. And then what about Elison? Elison had, uh, it doesn't have his complete, it just has his carries. And he had, oh my gosh, he had nine carries yeah. for 87 yards. And, and Does it have my carries? Three touchdowns. And it, says you, it just says you had one TD. I, I swear I had like 120 yards rushing. I, that, was, that was the best game I've ever played in my entire life. And I felt like it was um, a video game. Um, but again, I just wanted to be like literally Erickson would be calling the plays. So we'd get the ball. It'd be first down us. I'd be next to the heater and he would be like yelling at me. I'm like, just call the play. I'll run out there. So the whole team's on the field. And he's calling plays, and I run out there before the clock, you know, before know this, the dude. delay of game. And then we'd score, and I'd go straight back to the heater. <laughs> <laughs> and we just bicked our head because uh, Stromberg, Jason, had cancer. had cancer. That's right, and you were on the news for it. Yeah, and so, so not only was it cold, but I didn't have any hair on my head. I was literally bald, <laughs> and I just wanted to get off the field. I hated being on the field, and we, it was just, it was a video game. 47-26 was your final score. Blad did have a 46-yard touchdown catch to open the scoring. Ilson had scoring runs of 6-2 and two and 6 again. Watterson also had a 27-yard uh, touchdown yeah. catch as well. Uh, Blad had a 58-yard reception from you, again, 47-26. And then you go to Timfew. Same ah, round, yeah. different venue, and a game that was cold. And this one makes me sick a lot of days. 28-20, four minutes left in the ball in our hands. Uh, and in fact, do you remember your opening pass being picked off, but then called back? Yeah, yeah. And then the next play was a touchdown to Elison. Yep. Yeah, I, I threw a pick. They called pi. Um, then the next play, uh, I did the same thing that I did with Blad. He was one on one with um, a corner that I remember watching a ton of film on, going, he cannot guard Elison one on one. So I just tapped my head, just said, hey, run a fade, and I just threw it. I mean, oh, he was open by three yards. Yeah, wasn't even he, close. Oh, yeah. Then do you remember? Gone. Being down twenty to three at half, yeah, we were getting just blasted, and then uh, Colorado with Brendan Smith goes in there and just gives a speech of his lifetime, and just lays it all on the line and says, "Who's with me?" And everyone kind of walks out with him, and all of a sudden we score what twenty five unanswered points and are up twenty eight twenty with four minutes left in the ball, and then all hell just broke loose. Yeah. They score twenty two points in four minutes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> And they had Brian Soy. They had the Reynolds brothers. Yeah. They had they had a deep. That team was ranked ninth in the West, and they had a defensive line that and was Affleck just. Was a he was an elite elite. Um, yeah, in 11. fact, he was going to go to Arizona State, I believe, at the time. He did. He did. And then had some things transferred to BYU. Had some things, and then I think he went to Utah State for a semester or something like that. I still I've never seen him. I hate there. to do this to Whittier because I love the guy, and I know he hates my guts, but I still love the guy. Um. But I still remember the it kind of sparked it when Bardsley, uh, it was a stick route. Well, I I think someone was sitting standing next to Whittier and said, "Hey, watch for the stick route." Well, the guy runs a stick, but then just turns up, and Whittier is just left on ice skates, and yeah. he goes sixty nine yards for a touchdown, and it just kind of blew that whole thing open. It's not on Whittier, but it was just it just kind of sparked everything. Well, I, I played defense almost that whole game. That's right, uh-huh. and Jason Leakham had three picks, yeah, and you had one. I had a, yeah, I had a pick two, and um. Um, I can say this honestly. There was more to it. <laughs> like, hey, Whittier, watch the stick, but he didn't have he didn't have help over the top, and that that goes to the other two guys behind him, which is myself and and uh, I think Lethem might have been the other safety, but so but 
you can't blame Whitty. Yeah, for no, that. no, and then, yeah, and then, I mean, you got to blame I'm not the trying guy to, that's, yeah, because I, I didn't, I didn't understand defensive concepts. Well, I understood defensive concepts. I just didn't know the plays. So there was times where I was totally out of place, you know, and where I should, I should have been in a, a specific spot, and I wasn't because I didn't know the dang plays. I was just out there because I was told to go out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was, it's kind of our our last lifeline is. Okay, put all your best players on the field and on offense and defense, and that's what we did. We had a lot of guys playing both ways that game. The crazy thing is that Tim Few, who was a high-scoring offense, then went to play at the U against Lone Peak and lost six to nothing. Yeah, uh, Lone Peak shut them out. Didn't did Bountiful win that year? Yep, they did. They had Box and Binks, and they won Bountiful it the following there. year too. They beat Logan in the state championship the that's following right. year as well. They yeah. went back to back. That's right. I know you got to get golfing with Whittier here in a little bit, and so I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to go through your season, your season in baseball, because it was special, yeah, Ryan. It, it was, was really, really, really special. Uh, I remember sitting with uh, a sophomore at the time, and we were sitting inside of a gym playing basketball, and we looked at each other, we're going through our base, and we're not even thinking basketball, we're thinking baseball, and it's only freaking December. Yeah. And we looked at each other, and we're like, dude, we got this guy back, this guy back, this guy back, this guy back. Oh, yeah, and Carl Blatt's back because he had torn his yeah. league, and he came back for senior year, and I said, Dude, if there's any year we're going to win it, and we kind of said it in unison at each other, it's this year. Yeah. You start off just sizzling. In fact, wins over Olympus 6-1, to East 10-2. to uh, You beat El Dorado, California in that little Caesar St. George oh, Invitational. Oh, right. They were you a pitched good Vegas team. 6-1. to They were ranked fifth in their in the state, in Nevada, and you pitched a gem. 6-1 to yeah. is the final score. You put on a show in front of scouts. Yeah, I dominated that game. I remember that. Um, that kind of put me on the map too when it sure came to did. baseball. Sure did. Because that's when, um, when, because re- recruiting in baseball is a lot different than football. Mm-hmm. You almost have to show more interest in baseball to for a team to go after you, right? And that's when I was getting a ton of D one um, looks and people contacting me, and you know, and every single one of them, you know, whether it was Arizona State or Cal State Fullerton or you know, Stanford, like people like that. I, I, I was playing football. Like, sorry, I'm going to be playing football. And I had committed to the University of Utah. Sure have. Um, and then uh, when Coach Matt got fired, and this was before the baseball season um, happened, um, I, I committed to Southern Utah. Gary. So I had still had all these D1 teams contacting me, but I just kept saying, hey, if you can give me a football scholarship, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> but no D1 team um, would offer me a, a football and a baseball scholarship, you know, because it's, I mean, it's different too. Baseball, they can do percentages in D1, where football, it's, you get a scholarship, it's your full, your full ride, where baseball, they can give you 50%, right? So I was with all these D1 teams, you know, Southern Utah, Gary, he pulled me down there and he recruited the hell out of me, him and Aaron Roderick. And, um, they were going to allow me to play both. So I was going, you know, and, but that, that game against El Dorado put me on the D one map when it came to baseball. Cause I was not getting any looks for D one in baseball until then. You no hit sky. You won nothing. Uh, we sweep through the region season, including a series, an absolute chaotic series versus Bonneville. Um, where we beat Bonneville. In fact, you remember we were supposed to play Bonneville at our place. It rained, but their field was good to go in Bonneville. So that day, like about, I think an hour and a half, maybe two hours before the game, coach comes in and says, hey, we're going to go to Bonneville and play them there. We're going to at least get one game in so we know who the region champion is. If we win for the region championship, they can do the seating. Yeah. If we don't win, then it comes down to that next day. 
So we go there, and uh, I think Blatt hits a leadoff home run. You end up saving the game. Uh, you end up closing the game out that day to uh, give us the perfect region, I guess, close to perfect region season. And it was the first time after that that Coach had talked about the option or the attempt to go perfect. That never happened. It would be great. So we play Bonneville the next day. Yeah. And I still remember it being wet and you being – I can't remember who you beat Zach three Snow. times. Did you beat them three times? <laughs> yeah. And the third time, they're losing it. Okay, so here's the thing. As I asked Steve Hansen about this, too, off the record, I said, did he beat him three times or am I on purpose? And he goes like, with Ryan, you never know. Yeah, exactly. So I called Luke that day. I'm like, because Luke was catching like Luke. Did he? he goes, oh, yeah, I did. Are you kidding me? So Steve had no idea. He was nev- He's never been that coach. Because, um, I mean, you'll get fired. You're done. You, you know, and deep down, he probably loved it. I... I Maybe, because <laughs> there were times when he didn't like me so much. Um, but I mean, you got to think my ERA was below below one. I mean, I was like a point six four, point six seven my senior year. Um, I was ten and zero. And then do you remember what the next batter did? Uh, no, he hit a home run off of you to tie the game. <laughs> and then in the bottom of the seventh, of you had you hit a double to win it for us. That's right. Uh, to give... I do remember. Oh, that's not the. Uh, we'll get to that. Because uh, there was a kid that hit a home run, I think, then off me the next week. Yep. From Spen- or not so we Spanish. beat Bonneville in game one. That gives us the region championship. Casey Jorgensen throws a gem of a shutout to win 3 nothing. You clinch a perfect regular season uh, to be 22-0. and Then comes Bountiful. Daniel uh. Blodorn at our house in front of the world, it seemed like. Yeah. And the whole, it was a whole world versus Mountain Crest, and we lose 4-1. Yep. to one. Yeah, but Blodorn. So him and I ended up playing together at Slick too. I didn't on. know this. Yeah, he, and we came, we became friends. Oh, he's an absolute. I mean, this is probably why we got got along so well. But he's a weirdo. Like, and you know me, I'm I'm a crazy weirdo. Um, but he he he's a good dude, and he was a good pitcher, and he just dominated us, yeah. dominated us that game, and it was no fun. So we were perfect until their first round. Now we're in the losers bracket. We were 27th in the country, and then that all yeah. went away. Then you play Spanish Fork the next day. What do you know? You're playing Spanish Fork again at our place, yeah. and you are on the mound. Yep. Just like that, we're down 4 nothing going into the fifth inning. We score nine runs in the next two innings and win 9-4. to four. Yep. So that was what I was going to get into is there's this kid. I don't know if he was a freshman or if he was a sophomore. Um, he was uh, uh, the center fielder. Oh, my gosh, what's his name? We went to Russia together. Um Oh, I can't believe And then he went to the University of Utah, and I pitched against him the next year. But his brother, I think it was his brother, was a sophomore or a freshman, and he hit a monster bomb off me. Just That's left field, just, and that was probably what put him up for nothing. Yep. Just massive, though. Like this young kid, and he comes to home plate, and he doesn't touch home plate with his foot. He slaps it with his hand. I was pissed. <laughs> and I think I'd be in the next guy. Um, but, uh, you know, we ended up winning that game and I was really frustrated. I actually didn't even go shake their hands. It was one of the most, one of the worst things that I'd ever done in my career was, you know, think that I was above the game and I didn't even go out there and shake their hands. Like I was so, so angry that I, like, I did not care. And so that kind of shows who I kind of was at that point in my life. I wasn't the nicest person in the world. And I was so mad that I did not show sportsmanship. <laughs> so with that, with that, we go to uh, the state tournament at BYU. You, we throttle East 9-1 to one behind your arm again. 
and then in a barn burner, beat Bonneville 7-6 to six for the fourth time. In fact, if you remember this, two outs, two strikes. Or no, not two strikes. I think there was a strike, but Tommy Holland bunts. Tommy gun. And with a suicide squeeze, Fligger comes home, scores barely. If oh, the catcher right. catches the ball, he tags him out by like a mile. Drops the ball, though, and uh, we end up winning that game. And then we lose. To, in fact, we get shut out by Cypress, 3 nothing. And I remember the students after the game yelling at you. Uh, some of their students just yeah. screaming at and you would, I never, you were, and look, as, as much as you called yourself a punk, you handle that as about as well as I, I could ever imagine a player doing. I, I was right in front of you and I didn't say anything. I just kind of watched you and you, you kind of just looked at him and just shook your head and their coach gra- and his head coach grabbed you and said, Hey, hell of an athlete, you know, all this. And you were like, well, whatever, I just want to get out of here. And, yeah. uh, you handled that extremely, extremely well. Well, I put a beat down on them in the fall in football, so I didn't. I didn't feel too bad, I guess. No, <laughs> it's. I mean, yeah, that Could senior be. season was unreal, and for it to end how it ended, I mean, Elison got both those losses. Yep. We lost two games, and they were. And he doesn't and we deserve had, them. We didn't. No, not at all. I mean, Bode we had errors nah. in the field. Oh. Field. I mean, like it, we weren't. We Couldn't didn't. I mean, three zero. We lose three nothing. You know, so it is what it is. But it was the best. That was one of the best times of baseball that I've ever been a part of um and it was just it was so fun i mean i've had some really cool experiences um and you know that that season was an overall probably one of the best times of of my baseball career i mean pitching at fenway was probably the number one i gotta get to that in just a little bit (laughs) i gotta ask about that we so you leave and you go to southern utah with gary anderson as your head coach what was that experience like of being quarterback underneath anderson Oh, it was weird and crazy. Uh, I was a kid, and I thought I wasn't. I thought I was this the most amazing person on the field. And I think that's why Gary liked me is he he understood that my confidence could get get us through some things. And I didn't start until like game four or five. Um, I think my first start was against McNeese State. Yep. But um, and I I mean and they I were ranked. Four, four, yeah, I threw four touchdown passes in the first half. I think all four of them were to Chucky too, um, Charles Henderson. But I knew, I knew that like Erickson, other coaches that I had, he was like, look, you're not bigger than this game. You're not bigger than these players. Cause you know, I mean, he's the most loving guy oh, in yeah. the world. Yeah. And he humbled me and made sure I understood that this was not all about me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you actually care. You care about every single person on this team and it isn't about me. And he made sure to, to, that I understood the love and that this was no longer the Zimmerman show. You know what I mean? And this was the first week of camp. And it's probably one of the things that has kept me, like him and I have one of the best relationships because we started out in 2003. I came back and I coached for him in 2009 to 2011 when he was hired on, you know, even in between there when I was playing, when I was playing baseball back East, every year I'd come home and go visit him at the University of Utah. Like him and I, became super close. And when he left Southern Utah, I mean, I was, I was going with him, whether he liked it or not. And he wasn't allowed to talk to me. He, he knew, he knew uh, like when he left, he knew the rules and it really was hard for me because he knew he couldn't talk to me. And I tried and he just was like, I can't talk to you, like leave it alone. And so I went out of my way and I said that I was leaving Southern Utah and they wouldn't let me. They they held me captive um, because they knew I was going to go to the University of Utah. 
And Gary didn't, Gary didn't know, you know, it wasn't, he, he I, I didn't know if I had a scholarship, you know? So once that happened, I, you know, I, I took him to not, not really court, but I appealed and went in front of a board and I lost my case. Um, so I could twice, right? So I, yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't transfer to the U. So I went to slick. I was like, I'm going to go play baseball at slick for a year and then I'll transfer to you to the U to follow Gary again. I mean, that's how, and then when I was at slick, I obviously talked to Gary and, um, I had a scholarship lined up there and I was going to be able to play baseball as well. I was going to be able to do both. Um, but then I got recruited by a bunch of other schools and ended up signing with Arizona State instead. And then all of a sudden, before you can go to Arizona State, then comes the MLB draft, and here that comes. What was that experience like? It was awesome. I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted, and then all of a sudden I blew my arm out. I had Tommy John John surgery. surgery, That's right. And, I mean, I was going to be – I was predicted second, third round. I ended up getting drafted, I think was in the 12th. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was after my surgery, and Tampa stuck with me and went out east, played played ball with them for – a few years and played rookie ball, short season single A, and I mean it was it was such a good time pitching at Fenway Park. Yeah, tell us about it. It's called the Futures of Fenway game. We were playing against their single A, uh, the Boston. Uh, they were the loyal. Uh, let's see, Lowell Spinners. Um, and it was a doubleheader, so it was us and then their double A team, I think, or maybe it was their triple A, maybe it was Pawtucket. Um, but it was back to back minor league games at Fenway Park. It was packed. There were 30, the, the place holds like 38,000 people. And um, there were over 30,000 people there. And Alex Cobb, who's one of my really good friends, actually, um, he now, he's, he's still pitching. He pitches for uh, the Orioles. But he pitched the first six innings. I came in in the seventh. When I got on the mound, I run out from the mat, from the, um, from right field, right? And sure enough, it was when Sweet Caroline came on. So I'm on the oh, mound, the whole on. stadium singing "Sweet Caroline." Oh, come on, Ryan! I stop warming up. My my catcher, Mike, he oh, what was his last name? Uh, but he he looked at me. He's like, "Zim, let's go!" And I just put my finger up, like, "Hold on, <laughs> they're singing Sweet Caroline." <laughs> I'm taking this moment in. So I got thirty thousand fans who were booing me when I ran out first off, <laughs> singing "Sweet Caroline," and I just took the, took in the moment. Pitched the first pitch that inning. I actually got the bases loaded with one out and ended up. Throwing a inside fastball back to me, uh, or a you know broke. I didn't break his bat, but I was probably pretty close. Um, right back to me, home to first. Got out of the inning. Um, then the next inning, uh, I I uh, think I got two outs, and then I got taken out of the game. Our closer came in. Um, we ended up losing in the ninth, um, two to one. So <laughs> I didn't get the loss, but I I didn't hold us to a, a shutout. So. <sighs> Ryan, this has been fun. Yeah. Um, this has been an hour and a half of just absolute fear fun. Uh, pure fun, excuse me. Uh, can I get sentimental for just a quick moment? I'm going to let you go. I swear to life. Uh, but I remember in sixth grade, I went to a Mountain Crest football game. And me and my friend, you know, it was just kind of, I'd never been to a Mountain Crest game in my life. And my dad said I could go out and play football behind the fence or whatever. And so I said, okay. Well, and there was a bunch of big kids playing. And I was, you know, I went out there and, we're running routes. I didn't touch the ball or anything at the point in time. And I fell to the ground one time, and I got a hand lifted up. Guy had long hair that nearly covered his eyes, <laughs> earrings on his ears, played, plaid shorts, and a mountain crest pullover. And he said, my name's Ryan. And I said, my name's AJ. And, and he said, well, AJ, you're on my team. You then played quarterback and threw me the next two passes. 
from 6th to 12th grade, I could probably count on one hand how many friends I actually made. And you were the best one I ever made. And I, for, and look, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, we've already talked about it in nauseam probably in, in, in person and in, in off the record, but I've never told you thank you, or at least not enough. And I, I want to tell you thank you now because it means the world to me. Because back then, dude, I don't know where I would have been or how much trouble I would have been in or if I would have made it. And uh, even as a star quarterback, the best player in the state, you always took me under your wing and make sure I was all right. And uh, you always took care of me. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to make it public. Thank you. Um, you saved my life. No, thank you. I mean, it, it's not a one-way street there. You know, you, you've always been good to me, even in the beginning. Um, you might you might have been a little punk yourself. Oh, and, I was. And and I'm a pretty good judge of character. I'm not. I'm and I'm not saying I'm the best, but I I, I do a pretty good job at choosing. Um, you know, the right people to be around me to to help me be successful and and to you know really just people that I know that'll have my back. And even to this day, if I if I ever need anything, I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't hesitate to contact you ever. So that just shows a lot about who you are and. And the relationship that you and I have, and you know, it's it's been a it's been a good run, and we'll continue. Yeah, it's we're not be done great, yet. So, Ryan, give your wife my best. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks. All right, buddy.